0: Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Morning of Baptisms, recorded Sunday, April 16th, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now, here's Scott with today's message. You know, in my lifetime, I've witnessed a handful of remarkable victories, most of which I've forgotten. I mean, I like sports. And, uh, for instance, I was watching the Masters, the end of it last week, and uh, I watched as uh, John Rom walked up the 18th green, and had they not reminded me who had won the year before, a great victory, I would not have remembered it was Scotty Scheffler. I like, I like the Indianapolis 500. For some reason, they like to play that, or they like to run the Indy on Sunday morning. It's just wrong. So sometimes I'll record it, maybe catch the end. But for the life of me, I cannot remember who won last year's or the years before, even though that guy, he'll never forget. And, you know, I, I like basketball. I mean, uh, obviously, I could be a professional. But I, I like basketball, and I like watch. I like watching the NCAA tournament. And, you know, it's always exciting to see him cut down the nets and stuff like that. But But I was sitting there watching the end of the Masters thinking, for the life of me, I can't remember who won the tournament five days ago or six days ago or whatever it was. So, no clue. Now, it's true in the memory department, the old gray stallion ain't what he used to be, but it got me thinking. If I were the driver strapped into that Indy car crossing the checkered flag, I'd never forget that. Or if I were walking into the cabin, and somebody put a green jacket over my shoulders, I don't think I could ever forget that victory. And and honestly, if I were somehow able to cut down some nets at a national championship experience, wow, what a victory, I'd never forget it. Now, there are two victories that unless I become senile, I will never forget. The first one is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and the second is my own resurrection from the dead when I was baptized. That victory is a victory that Jesus won for me. And in my baptism, I entered into a new victory, making his victory my own. Here at Third City, we, we make baptism a special occasion. Some might even think it's kind of odd how we, you know, how we, how we emphasize the experience. And as a relative newcomer, maybe you've never been to a church this kind or you've never seen this kind of experience. I have memories as a child. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Woodbine, Iowa. And uh, I have memories just spending the whole summer at the community pool. That's literally true you know, sun up to sunrise, or sunset, it seems like. But anyway, and I remember as a little kid, you know, I'm just minding my own business, and some junior high kid would come up behind me and just slam me under the water, dunk me. I didn't like that very much. But, but what you're going to see today are, are adults who are going to dunk each other, and they're happy about it. Like, not only, not only do they seem happy about it, they might even cry tears of joy. And, and they looked very wet. You're going to get very wet. <laughs> a lot of people want to make baptism into kind of metaphor or symbol, which it is symbolic. There's no question about it. But to put it quite simply, baptism is a victory. A victory. It, it, it ties you into the resurrection victory of Jesus, and it makes his victory your victory. Last weekend around the world, people celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as I said last week, there's no better way to come off his celebration than to have your own. Now, I doubt there's not a person here who at some point in your life, maybe even today, you'd like to push the do-over button. You'd like to have a new start. And I'm equally sure that everyone here would love to know that when you actually physically die, that you're going to raise from the dead. Does that sound good to you? It does to me. Now, before there's a resurrection, this is going to be obvious. Before there's a resurrection, there has to be a death. If I want to be raised to newness, I've got to die to my old self that helps us understand what baptism is all about. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus made a promise. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die, do you believe? And you might be sitting here going, I do believe him. I, do believe, I believe in Jesus. And I don't want to die. I want to come back to life. Romans chapter 6 ties that thought together with Paul's writing. He says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So when I'm baptized, a death occurs. And that sounds creepy. But it's a spiritual death. It's the burial of everything in my past that I don't think God can drag forward to give me hope for new life. It says in Romans six four, we were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a what? New life. Does that sound appealing to anyone? A little newness in your life. More than that, a new life for eternity. Your baptism is not just a celebration, it's an invitation to new life. For those of you who are here today, and we had several last hour, I was just blown away by the, the quick stories I heard. People were saying, I, just, I don't know why I'm here, but I just know that God put me here because He knows I need to find hope, happiness, joy. My dead dreams need to, you know, to, to, I, need to put behind me. My marriage is hurting, and I just know I need newness. I need to start over. Baptism signals that. And I want to say this too. The resurrection into new life with Jesus is more than just thinking. Like sometimes people think it's a mental exercise. I believe in Jesus, therefore. It's more than that. It's it's more than a prayer. Prayer is beautiful, but it's not just that. It is responding to a tangible action that God gave us. Your baptism is an action of this, submission, submission. More than a symbol, you are submitting clearly to Jesus. His death, burial, and resurrection, you you actually step into his victory by having your own moment of victory. Now, if you're a a Christian who has been baptized by immersion and, you know, you've been here probably for many mornings of baptisms or you've had your own baptism recently, I hope that what I'm about to say and what you witnessed today will help you deepen your faith and and give you renewed confidence in what Christ is doing in your life. And and I know that if you're like me, you're like, man, I, I could probably be baptized every day if I really wanted to do that because I know what my life can be like. But, but remember, when you, were, when you entered into Christ for salvation, you entered into his victory at that time. So this is a reminder for you. This is who I am now. Because of Jesus, I'm still a victor. Because if you're like me, you, perfectly didn't, you didn't perfectly understand what you were doing when you were baptized. I was baptized, I think, when I was 12 years old. And I, I just knew that Jesus was real, that he was calling me to, to follow him. That's what I knew. That was it. I didn't have any theological training. I didn't know, understand the idiosyncrasies of, you know, of, any of bab, anything of baptism. I just knew that it meant transformation. And that I also knew that that transformation is still occurring today. I know that. I, like I'm nowhere near where I think I should be in terms of my life with what God's calling me to. Does that make any sense? Like, for instance, I've, I walked by a picture uh, of Jackie and I on our wedding day a while back. I just picture that of her and I, a portrait, you know. And it was August 1st, 1981. And, and I, I look at that picture and several things immediately flood my mind. First of all, I was an adult male who weighed 130 pounds. That's the first thing I noticed. Second thing is, uh, uh, Jackie is just if not more beautiful than she was that day. And that's true. And then the third thing is, man, I had a beautiful mane of flowing hair. And that was fat. That was fantastic. But another thing it reminded me of when I walked by it was this. That, you know, that was a very symbolic day. But every day since then has been transformational. Okay? Like nothing, nothing just got settled there other than the fact that we said yes to each other for a lifetime. Everything else started changing from that point on. Now, the most miserable people I know are people who try to play like they're married without actually getting married. Rarely do those relationships last. Or people who get married but want to live like they never did. Those relationships don't make it either. And some of the most miserable people from a spiritual perspective you'll ever meet are the ones who don't know or acknowledge that before they're raised, there has to be a death. Because they want to play Jesus without dying to their past, without having even a ceremony, a starting point, where they just say yes to him, and I'll go with you from this point on, and whatever it is, I'm going with you. Now, my guess is there's some people today, you've tried to follow Jesus, but you've never been willing to step up to the altar, so to speak, in your baptism. And my prayer is that you'll do so today. Baptism is not just a suggestion or an optional bonus. Now, look, Jesus will change you. And does Jesus need your baptism to occur for that to happen? I don't think so. But there's something about it that he says where resurrection and new life come together. And I'm not going to ignore that. And I'm not going to ignore telling you about that. Friend, Jesus can and will change your life. And if you're longing for some kind of resurrection, a resurrection of hope, of of life change, you're needing a a do-over because so far you haven't done so well. But more importantly, you're looking forward to your eternity and you're saying, God, I want to be right with you. Maybe you're waiting for some kind of sign, you know, like you're, if I have the right sign, then I'm going to do this. Someone here might be thinking, well, I just need more faith. Um, I need to know more. I hear that a lot. I hear people say, well, I'm just not good enough. I need to get my life in order, and then I'll take this step. Look, that misses the whole point. All of that is, is a miss, God's word says that as soon as I know that my sin put Jesus on the cross and that when he died on that cross and was buried in that tomb and was raised from the dead, he did that for me, that's all you need to know. And I just told you. That's it. It's just that simple. So why not make today the day when you close the loop between you and God? Why not today become the day when you step beyond celebrating Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and entering into that victory personally. Now, there's a a few simple reasons why, why you might consider this being your day. The first is that baptism is my resurrection into new life. The Scripture clearly teaches this. There are many, many people who might ask the question, well, do I, do I need to be baptized your way because I was baptized other ways? My simple response is this. It's not our way. It's the way that God captures what Jesus has done for us. When he went to a cross, he died and was raised from the dead. And so this is his way to recreate that for you so that you can tie into that victory. The New Testament is full of instructions on baptism. I like how Romans 6 describes it in in the most concise way and i'm going to read just a few verses from verse from chapter 6 verses 1 through 23 to try to tie this together for us here's what paul writes he says what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means we died to sin so put that there we died to sin how can we live in it any longer don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? See the tie? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him, like, with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like His. This is amazing stuff from from the Scripture. Our old self was crucified with Him so that our body ruled by sin might be done away with. Get it away from us. He's dealing with it through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We died with Christ. We believe that we shall also live with Him. Simple. Such a clear, such a powerful statement. It talks about entering into a new kind of life where I put the curse of sin in my past. I'm raised to a new life. We're united with Jesus. Man, this is amazing, amazing teaching from Paul. And it's so clear and so precise on why this matters. Here's another thing about baptism that I think is really important. And in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 9, it says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Baptism is a purification. It's a cleansing. Some have said, well, and I've heard people say this quite often. I'm talking to them about where they are with God, and they'll say, man, I come to church, and it's like, Oh, I kind of feel guilty sometimes. Like the preacher, you know, you talk about stuff and I, I'm listening, and I, but it's really working on me. I mean, it, you know, I'm hearing God, but it hurts. In fact, a lot of people avoid churches because of that. Like they don't want to hear the negative message that might come about sin. Because here's what the scripture sometimes does. It exposes us to the light of God, to his truth. And, and his truth in our life, okay? So here's an example of that. You ever seen one of those documentaries or exposés where like they, they go to a hotel or a motel chain and they have one of those black lights and they go into the room and then, you know, it looks nice and clean when they open the door and then they shine the black light and it's like a Christmas tree pops up with all kinds of stains and icky gross kinds of things. You ever seen that kind of thing? It's everywhere, germs, bacteria. Here's the thing. You can hide those things when they're not exposed to the right kind of light. But, but you know what? Sometimes when we come to a place like this, we go to God's Word, we're exposed. And you look at it and you go, ooh, I don't like it. And the minute you have to look at those stains, your eyes are open. To your conundrum that you need God, you need him. I mean we live in a world that has so many stains that we don 't think we need to look at our own. We can just point our fingers at other people and say well i 'm not like them that 's not the point here 's an example. I think about times when I kind of get into it with someone might have happened a couple times in my life where I get prideful and and, and start going at it with them and Afterwards, I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I, sh- I said things I shouldn't have said. I, I don't like that. And then, and then I start to justify it. Like, I'm like, well, we're just different kinds of people. You know, there are 10 on the Enneagram. I'm a, I'm a whatever, two or three or whatever they say I am, you know. Or we say, oh, well, you know, we just have different personalities. Yeah. No, we have sin. <laughs> That's what we got. And it moves us away from people and it moves us away from God. And I get self-righteous sometimes. I think about myself in comparison to others. I feel better about myself because I see their stains. But That's just a way for me to hide my own. That's all that is. To, to defer my own issues. And look, you can do that for a while. But there's a day when that's not going to work. Peter connects how my baptism applies cleansing to my stained soul. He says this in chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, 21. This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not a removal of dirt from the the body, but it's a pledge of a clear conscience, a pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, And is at God's right hand with the angels, authorities and powers in submission to him. And the authorities and powers in submission to him are the ones that he is going to work on and remove from your life if you will submit to him. God's son is the only power in the universe. Listen, God's son is the only power in the universe that can cleanse your soul. Nothing else will. Not alcohol, not drugs, not another love affair, nothing else. Just Jesus. Because he was raised from the dead. And he wants to cleanse you by raising you. Water doesn't save you. What your baptism does is capture the truth of what only Jesus has done. That's a victory that he wants you to take part in with him. Look, baptism offers me a clean Conscience. How would you like that? How would that feel? I think it's shame that keeps us isolated from God. I think it's shame that wrecks my relationships. Shame brings the anxiety in my life, the depression, the self doubt that I pour on myself. He wants to clean your conscience. He came, He died, He was buried, He raised in victory to make that possible. But before there's cleansing, there's got to be conviction. You know, there's a place in the scripture that's really important in this regard. This happened 50 days after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And this was 50 days after a whole city had heard and seen Jesus, heard about and seen Jesus raised from the dead. There was no question in that city of Jerusalem that Jesus had raised from the dead. Believe me, no question. He made it very clear. So people were just waiting for someone, tell us how this could be. We saw the crucifixion. We did it to him. As a matter of fact, they were convicted so much that they said they were cut to the heart when Peter explained it to them. They believed in Jesus. They realized it was their sin that put him on the cross. Do you realize that, by the way, your sin put him on the cross? The whole city knew that he had appeared after his resurrection. They were convicted. Maybe you came in here today, you're thinking, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I, I, I know that I have issues that put him on the cross. I've sinned. I've got to deal with that. You know what that means? It means what Peter told them, that they were cut to the heart, and they asked him, what's the question? What should we do? Peter replied, Hey, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is not just for you here today. It's for all who are far off, for anyone of whom the Lord will call. That promise is for then, it's for now, it's forever. It's true for you. One battle, one moment, one champion, a largely untraveled man living in a remote place about 2,000 years ago without abundant finances, without any proper education, no public writings that we know about, any kind of legitimate army who fought and won any kind of battle other than the most important one. The only weapon he fought that battle with was love. He loves you for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. He loves you. And that's all you need to know today to step into that baptistry and follow him in victory. Now, if you came this morning and are ready for baptism, I want to invite you to make your way to the east doors right now as we finish up with this portion of our service. And I'm certain there are many of you who didn't come here today thinking that you were going to be baptized. But maybe now you're saying, I'm I'm ready. I'm going to go do it. You can follow them too. But throughout this service, God's going to work on some of you. And he might just be calling you to this moment. Don't let today pass without stepping into victory with the one who can save you, Jesus. We're going to commune together and then we're going to go forward in a great morning of celebration. Lord, your victory was absolute. Your your victory over physical death when you walked out of the tomb alive, that's well-documented and really undeniable. The evidence is clear. You crushed evil. You were victorious over the world's sin. You covered the stain and guilt of my sin, our sin, with your blood. That's what you did. Lord, let us not ignore such a great salvation.
1: Amen. Yeah, the worldly victories, they come and go.
0: But there's one that will last forever. And that is the raised Jesus from the dead. And maybe God's moving you today like you came in here, and you, you might have known what was happening. I don't know. Maybe you didn't. But something struck you today, and you said, you know what? I need this resurrection that, that preacher's talking about. I need to tie into Jesus. I've been playing the game. It's time to make it real. Look, make this your day. Make this your day of victory. Why not today? Is there a better day than today? There's nothing stopping you. We have everything you need. I'm going to walk over to the East doors. if you want to follow me, we're going to just we'll set it up for you. Everything's there. You know what? It may not be very convenient, but you know what? The cross wasn't convenient either. But he did it because he loves you. Make this your day. Let's go do this. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or eleven thirty a.m. in Grand Island and at ten fifteen a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org, call us at 308-384-5038, or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.